thank you for joining me for another episode of Let Me Pull On Your Coat. My name's Peter DeVillies, and I am your host. And if you're new to this, I like to break the episodes into five sort of parts or topics. Um, we've got Through My Eyes, which is just bits that I see in day-to-day stuff. A Pebble in Your Pond is, I'd like to give you something to think about. A quote would be from someone famous or not so famous. Something about what I'm reading, whatever book I'm reading at the time. And then a record of the week, um, which is um, not a new release, just something I've been listening to. So if we start off with Through My Eyes, um, it's the idea (laughs) that there is a new normal. Um, I think... If, if someone talks to me about the new normal one more time, I might have to scream and restrain myself. And what really um, made me feel like going on a rant about it is there was something in the news when students have now gone back to university and then classes are being done virtually um, rather than face-to-face. And lots of the students are complaining that this is not what they expected from university and Freshers' Week wasn't what they thought it would be. And it's just, I'm just amazed by, it feels like a sense of entitlement. I mean, there are people who are dying from this disease and people whose lives have really been disrupted, businesses destroyed or brought to their knees at least. Um, whole industries suffering so the idea of being upset because university isn't what you expected just just grinds me the wrong way Um, and it's also the fact that I think it's our education system that gives people or gives young people the false impression that life plays out as expected Um, because the education system up to going to university and I suppose in university as well is so structured that you you live under the illusion that one thing follows on from the other Um, and I suppose maybe this is just the brick wall of no life doesn't go as expected Um, I think when you finish school is potentially the last time that life has a chance of going as expected. From there on in, it's all surprises. Um, so, um, which I'll come back to with the quote of the week, um, because that is also related to how unexpected the things in life can be. But moving on to the pebble in your pond, I want to suggest to you to the idea that you have no idea what the world looks like. Um, not in total and certainly not for someone else so the rainbow and therefore the observable part to the human eye of the electromagnetic spectrum so of the electromagnetic spectrum what we see as the range of colors in the rainbow and what we can see around us is 0.0035 percent of the available wavelengths in that spectrum so there is an infinite not infinite there is a massive amount of information 
in the electromagnetic spectrum that we cannot see um, with the naked eye, which is why you get um, different lights that highlight, um, like black lights that highlight fluorescent colors and things like that. So to that extent, we are blind to the majority of the light around us and the world actually doesn't resemble what we see. We're, we're almost working on a, a, um, a simile of what the world actually looks like around us. But the other one is the fact that you don't know what the world looks like to someone else. And this was brought home to me recently because it would appear, and we've not gone for official tests yet, but it would appear that our eldest daughter is colorblind. Um, now, one in 10 males worldwide, one in 10 are colorblind. For female, it's one in 200. Um, so much less chance. The interesting thing about that is for a girl to be colorblind, um, she would have had to get the gene from both mother and father. Um, so it would seem that both Sophie and I have the gene, but it's just not expressed. Um, so that's also interesting. But it just was just brought home to me. We did a bit of bit of an online test, and Emily was just not seeing on the screen what I was seeing. And, and it was just fascinating for me that we're both looking at the same screen and we're not seeing the same thing at all, which suggests when we look out the window, we are just not seeing the same thing. Yes, we're seeing the same objects, houses, cars, trees, all of that. But the shades of color and the contrasts and everything, the world, it would appear, just looks completely different to her. And that's just visually. Once you then start adding in people's experience and emotion and everything, then you soon realize that actually you have no idea what the world looks like to someone else. Um, so I'll just drop that in the pond. See how the ripples in your mind go from there. Um, I thought that was quite an interesting thing. So on to our quote. Um, and I'll link to this in the notes. But it's a young guy, um, non-verbal on the autistic spectrum. And he made the commencement speech at his high school graduation. Um, and I can only imagine the surprise from everyone there, but also the hard work that he had to put in to actually do that. And it sort of suggests to me um, the idea that perhaps being non-verbal is just, not just, but is potentially the other end of a comfort zone. Some people fear public speaking um, and it's outside their comfort zone, whereas um, perhaps for this young man, speaking whatsoever and verbalizing ideas and thoughts and feelings is just outside his comfort zone. But he, he worked with it. And he got up and delivered this great um, speech to his mate. And the key bit that stood out for me was where he says, don't fear the future. Don't fear the unknown. Will it be expected? Yes, but that does not make it wrong. Um, so I'll link to the whole talk, um, the whole speech, and you can read that. But it, I, I just love the fact that it's 
very much because he made the point that is it unexpected that he's standing there giving this commencement speech yes it most certainly is for him to an extent and certainly for everyone else but because it's unexpected doesn't make it wrong and we should we should embrace the unexpected that's around us and that comes our way what am i reading i've not got as much reading done this week as i thought i might um it's been pretty crazy at work really quite intense um, i'm recording this on a friday um, for those of you who don't know i'm head of product and founder of a software company mccanter um, you can see more about that at mccanterCRM.com. and today we are um, the end of this week um, we are now launching new website that's been in the works for a while and also our first versions of our Android app and iOS app. So an awful lot of work has gone into to get to today and today will go smoothly or as smoothly as tech things go. So I've not been getting as much time to read this week. But um, having said that, I'm still, as I was last week, I'm still on Surrounded by Idiots um, with Thomas Erickson and it it's still fascinating now that i've read quite a bit more in the book it is just really interesting having conversations and having zoom calls and, and discussions with people and seeing the output of some of the people who work on our team um, and just realizing the way in which they do it is to be expected it's just the way they are um, less of a distinction between them and their personality and the work they produce um, and also how I respond to it and how I respond to my colleagues and um, some of the people that work with us. So yeah, so um, Surrounded by Idiots, Thomas Erickson, um, still highly recommended. Which brings us on to the record of the week, which this week is Joan Armour Trading, and the album's called What's Inside. Now, um, I owe my friend Greg in South Africa um, who introduced me to this album and it is it's almost a super group but it's also the most exquisitely acoustic exquisitely recorded acoustic guitar led album um, I probably have in my collection or have heard um, so you got Joan Armour trading obviously on vocals and acoustic guitar and then you've got Manikache on drums, who played for Sting, Peter Gabriel, Dire Straits. Um, I think he did some stuff with Tori Amos, and then obviously with his own, and he's Jan Garberek, he's toured with, and he's got his own jazz albums. It's just, he's, he's a phenomenal, he's one of my two favourite drummers. Um, so he's on drums, you've got Alex Acuna on percussion which if you've bought any music really in the last um 25 30 years then it, it's likely that he is in your collection um got tony levin on bass um also worked with peter gabriel also um known for um king crimson so and then there, there's a couple of people on there doing electric guitar and stuff that i don't know but it's just incredible musicians and the 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 recording quality and the sound is just something special. 
So track three on it is is one of those tracks. It has a acoustic guitar solo on it, and every time I hear it, so I've now that album came out ninety five. I think I was introduced to it ninety six, ninety seven. So twenty five years or so, and every time I hear it. I want that guitar solo to be four times as long as it is, just because of the way it sounds. Um, so, and throughout, there's you've I forgot the strings on it is a lot of the strings on the album is the Kronos Quartet. Um, so it's just incredible people on it, and it makes for an extremely enjoyable album. So that's Joan Armor Trading. What's inside? I suggest you go and play it loud. Go and listen to that. And with that, it brings us a close to this week's episode. And I dare say I'll be here next week. I hope you will. And you'll let me pull on your coat. See you then. Bye.